Crossroads Music Podcast. And with me is my new and improved uh, host, Eric Brown. What's up, everybody? <laughs> For those of you listening... I've got a new haircut. Oh, my gosh. haircut. For those of you listening uh, to the audio recording <laughs> on Spotify or Apple Music, um, we're here at twitch.tv slash the Crossroads Music Podcast. Eric... Um, can't get his uh, camera working and potentially we might lose him halfway through the stream uh, due to yes. internet issues. Um, but yeah, we have, I have a new picture of Eric up on the screen. Exactly. Yeah, no, I didn't shave. I got a new haircut, guys. I just wanted to see how it's, uh, how it's going. <laughs> Luton, thanks for joining in. Um, I'm sure we'll have to... Uh, whatever, this is the end of 2021. Uh, it's been a shit year, so I mean, might as well end it on a shit podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's see what kind of train wreck we get into. But um, let's see, Eric, do you actually have a drink of choice today, or are you like? I don't. You don't actually, have anything. No. Okay. No, I, I don't mean, have anything. So we're just going to uh, keep on rolling along with this show, uh, even though things are breaking left, right, and center. But, uh, exactly. It's it's Omicron. We'll blame it on Omicron. <laughs> um, all right, Eric. We start this off with stuff we've been listening to. Anything anything of note this past week you've been uh, listening to? You know what? Not really. Like I checked out um, Sue Foley. Uh, she's a blues musician out of Canada, actually Ottawa. Um, so she has a uh, album called Pinky Blues, and. It's funny because she tried to mix blues with like flamenco style music, which sounded interesting. Okay. But this, she's going back into like the heavy blues, like the chunky, like heavy bluesy Fender kind of just tone that just resonates. Like it's oh. it's a pretty badass album. I'm not gonna lie. Right, who's this? Um, uh, Sue Foley. Foley, I think maybe Foley. Okay. Um. I would check it out. It's worth a listen. Uh, and uh, I listened to uh, Joe Bonamassa's Time Clocks. Oh, how's like, that? Uh, it's pretty decent. It's it, it has like a more of an alternative feel, which is pretty sweet. So, but yeah, for a blues musician again, so just that alternative kind of feel to his songs. But it's not too bad. Very nice. Uh, before you keep going, Chasing Dragonflies, thanks for tuning in. Uh, her chat keeps disconnecting. Oh, everybody's here. disconnecting. It's just like, I don't know. It's this year needs it's Omicron. to. Yeah. Everyone's being infected. <laughs> Chat's being infected. I have to put. Exactly. This is going to be a great <laughs> show, Eric. This is going to be a wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. All right. Anything else you've been listening to? That's it, man. Okay, so not that much. I mean, I'm sort of in the same boat. Uh, like, by the time we get to this time of the year, people don't tend to release that much music because the airwaves are flooded with Christmas music. Getting, to me, it's getting annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually kind of nice because I've been not listening to the radio and I've been just okay. purposely avoiding it. So once in a while when Christmas music comes on at this point... Usually I'm in the same boat. I get like just driven nuts, right? Like to the point <laughs> where I'm like having a mental breakdown. But this this year's not so bad. I actually don't mind don't mind it. We listen to it for a little bit and then it changes. So Okay. Which is good. So it's not like 
I'm being over inundated with it. So I guess it's also because like we're not uh, we're less so in public spaces, uh, which is usually where you get bombarded with Christmas music. Uh, yes, there's also that. I guess. <laughs> um yeah nothing like honestly i didn't really listen to too much this week um i listened to some like we're, we'll talk about this later in our 2021 uh recap uh but i went back to like my favorite albums of this year and just listened to them again and i just can't believe like there was some really good music that came out this year but uh we can get into that a bit later um yes we can but since there isn't really too much to discuss, uh, and that's let's just go straight into today in music history. This one's going to be a let's really short one, uh, which is sort of expected. But today, December 20th, 1945, Peter Chris, drummer for Kiss, the Catman, is born in Brooklyn, New York. The Catman. I think Peter Chris is my favorite Kiss drummer. Yeah, he, he was definitely good. Yeah. For but, sure. Like he only he wrote one song for Kiss, which is Beth, or at least one song that uh, became really big because I know Kiss did like their solo album within Kiss, which was sort of weird. But uh, he wrote the song Beth for Kiss, which was a big hit. Um, it's too bad they couldn't keep the original members in that band, but oh well. Yeah. Anyways, today's uh, Peter <laughs> Chris's birthday. Uh, 1948, Alan Parson of the Alan Parsons Project is born in London, England. Uh, he actually has a lot of accolades to his name, but his most notable uh, is being the engineer for Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Eric, Did you Ooh. ever get into Alan Parsons? Not really, no. Okay, if, if anyone's interested in the Alan Parsons Project, uh, if you're into Pink Floyd, uh, but you're into Pink Floyd for the artsy reasons uh alan parsons project is definitely up your alley like if you don't if you don't listen to uh pink floyd for like the guitar solos or or anything like the rock side of it and you're more into like the more atmospheric parts of pink floyd and the artsy part of it uh, alan parsons mm -hmm. project is like right up that right on uh 1966 chris robinson lead singer for the black crows is born in georgia usa now, there's a good rockin' band. Yeah, they're high all the time, but they're a good band. <laughs> uh, 19, and I didn't realize this, but 1975, um, Joe Walsh joins the Eagles. Uh, and I always forget that Joe Walsh wasn't there in the beginning. I always associate Joe Walsh with the Eagles. Well, that's when the Eagles became somewhat good. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Walsh. I, I feel like Joe Walsh is a is a very underrated guitar player, in terms of and like I know the Eagles. We like to make fun of the Eagles, but like I feel like his guitar playing is is yeah is good. He, he he's not like I wouldn't say he has a style, but he he plays to the style of the song. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. 1980, Just Like Starting Over, the song by John Lennon, goes a number one, making it his first number one single uh, as a solo artist in the UK. This is actually 12 days after his murder. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I, like, I didn't realize John Lennon never had a number one single until after his death. Like, what happened to Imagine? Yeah, I, I guess... Uh... 
imagine imagine not having a single until <laughs> before you die. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, I don't know. There's like a lot of songs in history that you're just like, how did that song not go to number one at all? And Imagines is is the weird one for me. I don't know. Seems like that one definitely should have been played a ridiculous amount on the radio for it to go to number one. But yeah. Uh, chasing dragonflies uh, just as wow. I assume she hates uh, her play on words. Probably. <laughs> I thought it was very clever. But hey, I have a new face today, so. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if this person ever watches this show and sues I us would be because amazing. sues us for using his face for a whole hour, I'm gonna like fall on the floor dying. Yeah, that would be fun. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't even be mad. Super <laughs> and really funny. So we can't give you a million dollars, but what we can do is, is actually bring you on the podcast. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, people are not liking uh, your joke previously. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess too dark. <laughs> Uh, and finally, uh, December 20th, 2019, <laughs> My Chemical Romance returns after a seven-year absence uh, with a show at the Shrine Expo Hall in L.A. I think 2019 emo is sort of dead at this point. I can't think of, like, are there any big emo bands past year? I can't think of any. I don't think so. I think emo is I don't think dead. so, yeah. Do you think emo is ever going to come back? I think all the old emo bands are trying to make new albums. Uh, but I don't know if it's going to come back. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it will, but it would probably be some like sort of like, like Tron emo kind of thing. Just like depressed, but with big bright colors. It needs to, you know? Yeah. It needs to be cyberpunk emo. That's the next. Yes. Oh my God. That's Cyber- the next trend. Cyberpunk <laughs> emo. Exactly. Oh my god. That crashes your sound system. That would be amazing. <laughs> we need to start a new band. We need to yeah. We need to corner the market before people catch on to that. Exactly. Uh Chasing Dragonflies is asking, are teens just not angsty anymore? Uh, yeah, they're not. Like kids aren't kids aren't angry anymore because I feel like kids are too sensitive to like if you get angry at someone there's a risk of hurting their feelings and i feel like kids these days don't want to hurt people's feelings so it's not cool to be Mm -hmm. angsty anymore i think people are still depressed uh so that's that part of emo but it's more like sad boy emo yeah like like a phoebe bridgers type of emo whereas angsty i feel like that's not yeah. Uh, was Panic at the Disco considered emo? Yeah, Panic at the Disco is definitely, mm-hmm. definitely, absolutely. Because sure. that's what one does. They panic at the disco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm on fire tonight. <laughs> Terrible. 
This is terrible. With you and your like <laughs> terrible audio throwing see, out these jokes. See, I've turned in I've turned into like a dad. So dude, I have to do the dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no. that's it. That's, that's today in music history. There really, uh, wasn't that much. Uh, but in music news, there's a few items I want to talk to you about, Eric. Um, I'm going to start okay. off with a piece of news that I'm sure you are very pleased. Um, ABBA's reunion. One of the, one of the COVID new COVID restrictions prevents people from listening to ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it could. There, there's a possibility there. There's a link. Uh, <laughs> ABBA's reunion voyage uh, has sunk. The album has disappeared from iTunes yes. Top 200, and concert tickets aren't selling. Uh, the album itself was released six weeks ago, with total sales of the album sitting at 100,000 only, uh, and their stream numbers are actually really low. Um, like, their lead single, single only has, like, 20 million streams or something which is very low for for a lead single and like the rest of their songs are sitting at like a million which is like those that's like a mid-tier band uh definitely not of abba's cal- caliber but um uh oh chasing dragonfly says my mic keeps cutting it. i could try fixing it. but eric tell us give me your jokes about abba abba i mean i'm not surprised like they're just an awful band and I mean, like, what what do you expect, really? Like, like it's like, uh, what would I describe this? Uh, it's like some minor league local hockey team in Richmond Hill. <laughs> like, I mean, like, like before high school, try to face off with the Boston Bruins. Like, they're oh, elite damn. squad, and they just get pummeled. Right? It's just. <laughs> They're just such a bad, bad band. Abba is like a what a house league house league hockey team. A house league hockey team. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. Uh, I should have fixed my mic now. I got rid of the noise gate. Should be uh, less cutting out, so which is good. That's um, controversial. That is a count. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm actually really surprised that. Um, I don't know. Like Voyage, the idea of ABBA coming back after whatever, 35 years and just not mm-hmm. succeeding is I would have bet money the opposite would have happened. They came back yeah. with like this crazy album with like a bunch of hits um and sold a bunch of tickets and then just disappeared cuz the, the whole their whole plan is just one album and that's it and then this final concert. Um so it's really surprising that they didn't actually do well or aren't doing well uh, with this one. So <laughs> I don't know. I beg to differ. Because <laughs> I think people realize and how bad their music is and they're like, oh, like, this is awful. <laughs> Why are we supporting this? <laughs> Um, in other news, uh, Avril Lavigne <laughs> has uh, come out and announced that her song uh, Skater Boy will be turned into a movie. So a song about boy likes girl, girl secretly likes boy, girl rejects boy due to social groups, uh, boy gets famous, and then girl regrets the rest of her life. Uh, I'm sure that's going to be a really that fun sounds movie. Like a sad, that's, that sounds like a sad movie. That but... sounds like a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> that sounds actually terrible. Um, 
But uh, yeah, Skater Boy is going to be turned into a movie. Apparently, there were like rumors that she was shopping around the song to be made into a movie like 10 years ago or something. But uh, interesting. Yeah, I think. Um, I wonder if she's going to bring back that uh, that style of music again. Hey? Avril? <laughs> yeah, well, you think like the movie comes out and it becomes a hit. Like people will be like, oh my God. Maybe. I love this. I love this music. <laughs> yeah, like this uh, pop punk, uh, slightly emo. Maybe if I, mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't see a universe where a movie like this is going to actually be good. But exactly. in the event that it is good, it's possible a good movie paired with a very good soundtrack can uh, attract the masses. So um, yes. Chasing Dragonflies, you mean it's a song Avril wrote about herself? Yes, technically at the end of her song, uh, the famous boy ends up being with Avril, so. (laughs) There you go. So she's singing about (laughs) the girl who regrets the rest of her life, which is a bit weird. It's a strange song, but it is a catchy song. Um, In other news, Paul McCartney's bass, uh, oh, Chasing Dragonflies is saying that she's the famous boy. Uh, yeah, maybe I could see that. Yeah, or the girl that regrets the left rest of her life is the girl from that song. Uh, hey, hey, you, you, I don't like your girlfriend. <laughs> Whatever that one's called. It's a multiverse. It's now just a Avril yeah. Lavigne multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, anyways, moving on from that, Paul McCartney's bass has broken the world record for most expensive bass. His Yamaha BB1200 went on auction and was sold for a whopping $496,000. Uh, sorry, $496,100 USD. Uh, he used that bass in studio and on tour with Wings. I mean, I think that bass actually looks pretty badass. I I like that look of the bass. It's a, it's an iconic look for mm-hmm. Paul McCartney, so yes. I can understand that. But still ridiculous. Half, it's almost <laughs> half a million dollars sold at the auction. Yeah. I don't know how I feel. I I get Paul McCartney is the most famous bass player in the world, but I don't know. That's a lot of money to. To hold on to Paul McCartney's bass <laughs> that, For a that bass he used guitar, in yeah. wings. Yeah, no, exactly. I don't know. Um, anyways, um, in in other news, and probably this is the biggest news that came out uh, this week, and I messaged it to you uh, as soon as oh, I found yes. out, but uh, Bruce Springsteen's catalog has officially been sold to Sony Music Publishing at an estimated cost around $550 million. No. is that amazing? Uh-oh. I think I lost Eric. Are you kidding me? Oh, no. He's here. Give it five seconds. I feel like he said, are you kidding me, to uh, him losing the internet? Not so much. Um, are you kidding me? To five hundred fifty million dollars, um, but yeah, uh, Bruce Springsteen has officially sold his whole freaking catalog for five hundred fifty million dollars, um, which is a ridiculous amount of money. And I've just lost Eric. Heh. Anyways, 
I'll keep you all entertained here while we wait for Eric to come back uh, with his internet. But it's wild that, uh, I don't know, all these people just keep selling their catalogs, which is completely opposite to what, I guess, traditionally the artist has always been, the artist always has put an emphasis on owning their own music. It's always been like a huge contention point for signing an artist to a label. Um, I'm back. Oh, there's Eric. Sorry, I'm just I'm just waxing poetic uh, while you're gone. Uh, I the last thing I heard was the selling of Bruce Springsteen catalog. Five hundred fifty to Sony. Five hundred and fifty thousand dollars to Sony. No, not insane. thousand million. Holy shit! Five hundred fifty thousand. I would I would take out a loan. I would take out a loan and buy that in an instant. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a million. <laughs> that would be pathetic. Be him just getting screwed. I think Bruce Springsteen went senile. Um, I think it's. I can see Bruce Springsteen doing it though because he is that popular kind of. Uh, I w- I don't want to say sellout. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to say sellout. I have to watch what I say here because. But um, he's not like a rebel in terms of music. I think he just plays for the people and like like I feel like if everybody in his audience wanted him to play a song and they kept like play this song, he'd probably be like, "Okay, I'll play you guys the song." Right. Yeah, no, I I I I see that. I see that because like I normally associate Bruce Springsteen with a song like Born in the USA where it's like mega hit but it also has like a deep political meaning to it, right? But at the same time, you go see Bruce Springsteen and he's doing like shout on stage. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, hmm, this is an entertainment song, not not like (laughs) flag waving, sort of like spouting your political views or or whatever it is or social justice, whatever, whatever he wants to do. But I sort of see your point. But. I don't know. It's still sort of weird that all these people are selling their music uh, to labels. Yeah, it is. It is definitely very strange, uh, but it seems to be the norm now. But it, I, it's still hard for my head to get wrapped around that this is all happening. Yeah, I'm looking at a list right now of like the latest people to have sold their catalogs. And like the list is like absolutely ridiculous uh james brown i mean he's not alive to have a say in this but like uh his estate has sold like a good portion of his stuff for 90 million dollars we talked about motley crew last time um the funny thing is uh survivor the 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 band that wrote eye of the tiger (laughs) they sold Mm -hmm. their catalog for 20 million (laughs) dollars that's funny i feel like that might actually be a discount i have the tiger must rake in like millions of dollars every year just by pure usage of that song that's probably 20 million just for that song yeah exactly they probably deleted every other survivor song (laughs) when they bought it yeah (laughs) but it's not just like old musicians either like it's it's current musicians also like justin bieber has sold all his stuff drake the weekend they've sold all their their catalog and they're like relatively new artists um Mm -hmm. 
prices undisclosed for those guys, but I mean, still you, you imagine that you would get a fair price for that. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, we talked about this like previously, but red hot chili peppers, 140 million for their catalog. Hmm. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It just keeps, I, and a band like disturb sold their catalog too. So it's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They're just gonna. I feel like this is just the norm now, and people are just cashing out. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to see where this goes. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, and sort of in related news, uh, Whitney Houston's NFT of a rare recording, uh, was auctioned this week for a record-breaking $999,999. So just $1 shy of a million USD, uh, and it has broke the record for the highest-selling NFT on the Tezos blockchain where it is held. Uh, The song um, or its songwriter have not been disclosed. Sorry, the song name uh, or whoever wrote the song has not been disclosed, but the demo itself of the song was recorded by a 17-year-old Whitney Houston. So interesting. I still don't, I don't know why, why would anyone pay a million dollars for an unreleased song of anyone? Especially (laughs) just one song too. It's crazy. It's like, it's probably going to be bad because it's probably when she started off her career. So it's a demo learning the ropes. It's a demo. It's not even a professional record. Not <laughs> it's that. Not even a song. Like, I don't know. I mean, even a professional demo, um, or sorry, exactly. a professional recording, I wouldn't pay that much for it. One day, one day, Cam, when we became like extremely famous, we can sell our basement recording that we did off Capello's laptop uh, yeah. in the corner. Remember, in the corner of the basement, Does... we had to have it far enough. We will probably sell that for that much one day. <laughs> probably I mean, not. <laughs> oh my god! Like the lengths that like poor musicians take to like get a a recording that's usable is ridiculous. Because like we threw that laptop into the far corner of a basement so that we <laughs> we didn't peek on anything so that it didn't distort. Uh, that was some crazy crazy like gymnastics we had to do for that absolutely Luton says I feel like being deceased does add value so Whitney unreleased song might have that much value I'm not saying that it's not a valuable uh, it's not a valuable piece of art uh, that is that is being sold I just have a hard time Like, why would you want to own the only copy of this digital file? I think Mm -hmm. just the whole NFT idea is sort of, like, crazy to me. Like, there isn't... What's the point? What's the point of being the only owner of this digital thing that, you know... Yes, it can be copied... Uh, and people can listen to the song, but technically you are the owner of the very first original uh, copy of the the song. like Exactly. It seems nuts. It seems like a giant waste of money to me. It is. It absolutely is. <laughs> I don't know. 
Um, cool. Anyways, uh, that's basically the music news that uh, came up this past week. Um, so few things. Uh, Eric, do you just want to go into the 2021 uh, year in review? Talk about some of the stuff that we liked, some of the stuff we didn't like, uh, maybe some of yeah. the big news topics that came up this year. Um, yeah, let's do it. Where do you want to start? Let's do um, what we liked this year. Okay, cool. You want to kick yeah. off albums that you liked first, or do you want me to kick off albums uh, first? Yeah, sure. I can. I have a list. Actually, I made a short list here. Um, so uh, definitely, I'd have to give uh, Foo Fighters "Medicine at Midnight." Um, I thought it was a pretty well put together album. For, you know, Foo Fighters still kicking it strong. Um, Kaleo, obviously, Surface Sounds. I thought that album was awesome. Really loved it. Uh, let's see. John Bonamassa actually had two albums. The one I told you about at the beginning of the show. And then uh, at the beginning of the year, he had Now Serving Royalty, which I thought was phenomenal. Um, the Wallflowers coming back with a long debut hiatus. <laughs> which I thought the album was actually really good. And I think it's better than anything they came out with before. Um, I so I had to give it to them. I have to right? check it out. I mean, like we sort of dismiss children of famous people. So in this case, Bob Dylan's child. Um, mm -hmm. Like he but... had that one hit. He had that one hit, one headlight. Yeah. Right. Which <laughs> I like the song. But then the the rest of it was like okay, like it's it's Bob Dylan's son. It's a shame that yeah. you know they're not as successful. But I feel like this the new album Exit Wounds it it actually really put them back on the map. Like I was like oh this album's actually pretty decent and it's it was doing well. Um, okay. In the country world, I'll have to say Eric Church Heart and Soul that uh, double record or triple right. record as some people like to call it. Um, Thomas Rhett's Country Again great he's going back to country music which is awesome um what else we got here uh, old dominion time tequila and therapy thought that was an excellent album uh great songwriters uh then you got john Mayer, throb rock which i thought was pretty good <laughs> um olivia rodrigo sour i okay. thought was a great album too okay. uh that definitely made my list and um Dumpster Funk, I remember talking to you about that. I brought it up in one of the podcasts. They're kind of like a newish funk blues. Uh, pretty good album. Uh, where do we go from here? And definitely, where was the other one I had here? Uh, Black Keys, Delta Dreams. Oh, was that any good? I made the list as well. It was awesome. Okay. It was amazing. I didn't listen to any of it, uh, but it, it, is it still Black Keys as I should expect them, or did they try something new? They tried something new. Okay. And they went with a bit of more of a jam blues. Oh, interesting. I actually might be but more with, interested. With a bit of their, like, like, so picture the Black Keys now, and then just add some jam blues to it. Okay, so they're still a bit garage band uh, yeah, sounding, but there's more jam, yeah, blues jam in there. It's amazing. Okay. I I think it's their best stuff that they've made so far. Black Keys, interesting. Okay, maybe I'll go check that out. Um, growing up gaming. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, yeah, we uh, Eric looks very different right now. 
Uh, he also sounds different. He sounds different also, mm-hmm. but that's due to the internet uh, issues that we're having. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, he's, uh, he's looking very healthy. <laughs> um, sorry, I just want to go back to, to Sour by Olivia Rodrigo because yes. she's on my list. He, so we might as well just talk about it now. But mm-hmm. honestly, out of all the albums, <laughs> so before 2021 started, I was like, well, I already know what my favorite albums are going to be uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, this band is releasing an album. So nine out of 10, it's probably pretty good. I already know like all my favorite bands are releasing albums. So, you know, I'm definitely checking it out and it's probably going to be in my top list uh, based on what they've released in the past. Olivia Rodrigo was not on that list. Like understandably, because it's her debut album. But uh, if you told me at the end of 2020, that a pop album, like a purely pop album was going to be on my list for best albums released in 2021, I would have laughed at you. Because like there is no way <laughs> there is no way a child from high school musical is going to make an album that actually one sounds good, but two actually <laughs> has like artistic depth to it. Yeah, I might as well pull up the Absolutely. Album. Uh, where is it? There it is. Oh, it's not center. Um, but I don't know. There's just something about this album and it's not, and maybe this is just because like the subject matter is sort of universal. It's like the, at the core of this album is very like sad girl breakup relationship vibes like every song is pretty much in that realm of um of of topic uh so it is not a complicated idea to digest for general masses uh so at the core base of it like it most people can relate to it um but at the same time i don't know it just sonically it didn't feel it didn't feel like a group of suits came together and just wrote these songs and said this is what's going to be popular in 3 months so this is the song that you have to write uh and this is what you have to release it feels very authentic for a pop album it does which it definitely famous. does and then if you look at like the track listing on this one uh, it's basically her and uh, I forget the other guy's name, but there, it's, there's two songwriters. There's two songwriters on this album, uh, and then there's one song and there's, there's three songwriters. Like, she's 50% of this album in terms of songwriting, and it really does show in the songs. It's very authentic compared to mm-hmm. 99% of all the crap that is released today. Well, it's it's because there's so many songwriters, right? And they're just like everybody has their hand in the yeah. the writing of the song that it's just like okay, well, you know that the artist didn't have any part in it. Yeah, like essentially, you look, yeah, you look at like a Beyonce record, um, and I have so much problems with like every Beyonce rec- record that's released. It's like you look at the track listing, and it's like. 25 people on every single song it's like how can yeah. you have this many people on this track listing and i have the same problem with aerosmith right aerosmith post uh 
uh toys in the attic so uh mm-hmm. by the time you get into like mid 90s or something they just pull in a bunch of songwriters which ultimately i mean that's up to the artist's discretion because for aerosmith i sort of get it because they don't seem like the type that really enjoy writing songs all that much they just like playing uh and if that's yeah. their outlook then that's fine but post um mid 90s to to present day aerosmith like what if they wrote that's pretty significant outside of um the movie what's that movie soundtrack apocalypse oh uh apollo armageddon 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 (laughs) outside of that ginormous hit single i don't know i the past 15 20 years of aerosmith what have they really released, right? It's just... Exactly. When you look at all their songs, it's like five songwriters, 10 songwriters on there, which is like craziness to me. Um, yeah. But this album, this album, if I were to just leave, if I, if I were to describe it to someone, I'd just say it's authentic. It's an authentic record uh, where you don't expect there to be any authenticity. Uh, and it was a very nice surprise uh listening to this one i don't even know why i listened to it in the first place but um it was a great surprise for me mm. it definitely was for me as well um again i'm not really drawn into the pop song but i remember the very opening song on this really drew me into the album it's it just has that almost like a rock feel to to the pop which is kind of nice to see but but it wasn't too pop then you get those pop albums that are just too too polished right oh, it was just yeah, polished yeah. just enough yeah. um you know and it was just i i want to say it, you know it was, it was simple in terms like there's no crazy like they weren't overlaying like 50 different sounds right together oh, yeah, or yeah. something like that right yeah, yeah. Uh, it, they just, they just went simple and it was, I think it was just a well, very well done pop album. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just to catch up on chat, Loon says, if Taylor Swift didn't get Alex, Olivia Rodrigo will. I, it's weird because last year, my album of the year was Taylor Swift's, um, Folklore. That was like hands mm-hmm. down my favorite album of last year. I wouldn't say Sour by Olivia Rodrigo is my favorite album this year. Uh, however... Uh, however, like top five, I could easily slot, slot it in there for, for me. Um, cool. Uh, I, I guess I'll move into my list. Uh, so, uh, the one album that started off the year for me really, uh, and this is probably like March or April, but, uh, Fortitude by Gojira. This is like to kick off the year with this album <laughs> was like so good because I think we were, we were in lockdown for quite a bit at that point. Um, but just to hear this record come out and just like how big and massive it sounded uh, and just like crushing guitars everywhere. Uh, for those of you who do, don't know who Gojira are, they are French. Um, and I sort of joke about this, but they are technically eco metal. So uh, these guys are very uh, environmentally friendly uh, bands. So if you look at this it, this record, I think the lead single is called Amazonia, and it's a whole song about how we're destroying the rainforest in the, the Amazon. Uh, so uh, they are coined as eco metal, uh, but sonically they are they are some somewhere between a thrash metal and a death metal band. Uh, but mm. they're from France. 
this is like one of my favorite albums of this year. Uh, they always put out great music. They're great live. I've seen them before. Um, but yeah, this was one of my favorite albums of this of this year. Um, we've talked about this one. Uh, Wallflowers mm. by Ginger, Ukrainian metalcore band. So <laughs> freaking good. I mean, just the hype on these songs, just like whenever you listen to this, you want to smash someone in the face. That's how like good, <laughs> good this record is. Um, and I, I've just, I've told this to everyone before, but the last track on this record, it's just like there's, there's two seconds of silence and then the lead singer, she just screams at go like in just like this crazy yell. And it's the, it's just hype all around. It's so good. Um, <laughs> I love this record uh, by, by Ginger uh, J I N J E R. Definitely uh, one that you need to check out. Uh, the other one that came out maybe a little bit later in the year, uh, Sinner by John five. Uh, American guitar player. Um, if I need to sell you on this record, go listen to uh, Crazy Little Thing Called Love, uh, Queen cover on this record. He has a purely instrumental guitar version of it, and it is phenomenal. Uh, Even if you don't like this band, check out that song, because that song is yeah. pretty dope. Yeah. Um but yeah, this whole record is just like guitar shredding to the max. And it's not like speed picking. It's it's not him just like throwing as many notes as possible. John Five is is famous for being like a studio musician. Uh, so he's recorded on like Kelly Clarkson records. Like he's recorded with like everyone, country, R&B, everything. So the his arsenal of guitar techniques is like all over the place. And he really brings it on this record. Uh, so Sinner by John Five, another record that I really like um, for this year. Uh, this, Eric, this might not be a surprise to you, but all the way from Japan, uh, Necritaki released a Freak. Necritaki. Uh, so <laughs> this is such a good band. They're so tight. Uh, they don't sing in English, so... Um, you know, you're going to have to deal with not really understanding lyrically. If your whole, if your whole music experience is about connecting with lyrics and you don't speak Japanese, then this probably isn't the band for you. Uh, but if you just like really good tight musicianship and just a really good tight band that plays well together, uh, freak was released this year by Nekrai Taki. Uh, such a good record. Uh, you do have to, however, get past the little child uh, singing uh, the, <laughs> the lead singer because she sings in a very typical uh, Japanese schoolgirl voice. Uh, so you sort of have to get past that part. Uh, but man, all the musicians in this band are just incredible. Um, let's see who else is on this list. I'm missing a picture somewhere. Oh, I missed this. I didn't load in the picture, but I'll just talk about it. Uh, Marty Friedman released a record this year. So Marty Friedman is or was the guitar player for Megadeth. Uh, after that, he moved over to Japan uh, and basically became a citizen there uh, and learned Japanese and everything. Uh, but he released his uh, Tokyo Jukebox number no. three, which is essentially uh, he's taking like popular Japanese songs and he's just making them... Um, 
metal-ish, uh, but purely instrumental and on his guitar. Um, Tokyo Jukebox 3, very good. Uh, Tokyo Jukebox 1 and 2 were very good records too, but 3 is also very good. So uh, this is one that I actually played a lot uh, for the later half of this year, uh, just in the background. Uh, so that was nice to to listen to. But Marty Friedman, I will tell you right now, if you were to ask me greatest guitar solo ever written in the history of, of all music, that for me belongs to Marty Friedman. Marty Friedman and uh, Tornado of Souls by Megadeth, his guitar solo, I fight anyone and tell you that is the greatest guitar solo ever recorded in the history of music. <laughs> Tornado interesting solo, so good i'll have to i'll have to check that out it is the perfect guitar solo you can't get any better <laughs> than that um and then finally and this is my record of the year um i don't think i can avoid this one but colors Two by between the buried uh, and me they're american prog metal band this is definitely not for everyone these are like 10 12 minute long songs with Bass solos, drum solos, guitar solos, death metal vocals everywhere, weird time signatures, different genres of music. I think there's a polka at some point in the in one of the songs. <laughs> like it runs the gamut. Um, this is a follow-up to uh the very legendary Colors One album by Between the Buried and Me. Uh so this is the follow-up to it. And I've gotta say it actually lives up to the hype. Like Colors One already is uh, one of the you cannot touch these records uh, category. It's just that mm. good in terms of in uh, the space it's in and prog metal. But Colors 2 is pretty close to, to that. So uh, that is my record of the year for 2021. Colors 2 by Between the Buried and Me. They're also great live. So that's that's my 2021 list um surprisingly no hip-hop there uh, i feel like hip-hop took a seat back this year ultimately because like if you look at the big releases from last year you're talking about people like j cole or kanye but like kanye's donda record when it came out i mean take out all the controversy with the marilyn manson and and the baby as promotional material on, on his album, like take all that controversy out. The record wasn't very good anyways. So sort of, yeah, sort of strange because every time Kanye West re releases an album, Pitchfork always is like, Oh, this is the greatest album ever created. Uh, so it's sort of weird to see that no one cares about Donda. Um, but I think generally hip hop has sort of a take, taken a backseat this year uh, for 2021. I can't, I try to look for a hip hop record I really like this year, and like nothing, nothing really came to mind when I, I try to find something. So, I don't know. Yeah, could be a blip, or maybe maybe hip hop's on the way out after what 10, 15 years of dominance on the on the charts. Oh, absolutely, maybe. Um, cool. So Eric, anything else in 2021 you want to talk about? I think you still have like worst of lists if you've made one. I'm not sure if you actually worst of list. Uh, I didn't even put ABBA on the list because I wouldn't even classify it as worst. But uh, that would be even worse than that. But um, which, uh, just a few like uh, Buck Cherry's new album I thought was trash. Uh, Florida Georgia Lines new album 
Casey Musgraves, wait, uh, Sam Fish. Wait, 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 stop. You think Casey Musgraves' album was trash? The Starcrossed? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of it. Really? Yeah, because, okay, so here's my reasoning, though, because the first album that she's made, it was very country. country. Yes. Very country, yeah. right? And I loved it. I was all over it. Second album, I was like, okay, it's good. Not as good as the first one. Third album, bad. This one, I I don't know. I, I liked what she was playing before. Just that, like, one guitar kind of just folksy country because and and i i haven't i haven't like gone in depth into this record but the big sort of uh news surrounding her is that all the awards that are being handed out at this point all the nominations have basically left her off any sort of country category and Mm -hmm. um she sort of like pushed back on that saying like something to the fact of you can't take the country out of me basically. But I don't know. I hearing you say the record was not good, sort of, uh, sort of surprising to me. Cause I, I was under the impression that people liked the record, but it just wasn't country enough to be considered a country record. Hmm. And maybe that's just my stubbornness coming out <laughs> because, because like, I don't know. I really liked what she was pumping out at the beginning and then, now it's like, okay, you're just, you know, you're just coming out with what most people are coming out with nowadays. Mm, right. Interesting. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to put that on my list of things to skip at this point because I was <laughs> going to check it out because I wanted to know what the whole controversy was about. But uh, if you say it's trash, then I'll just skip it. <laughs> um, the uh, Deep Purple's new album, Turning to Crime. Uh, I already spoke about that. Not good. Last podcast. Not no, good. not good at all. Not good. Um, and then um, I wouldn't say it's the worst album that I've listened to, but Sam Teske from the Teske Brothers. I just feel like he does so much better in the Teske Brothers than by himself. Mm. It's one of, one of those things where, where the guy goes solo and it's just, you know, to the point where it's like, okay, like, good job. Go back with the Tusky Brothers, please. <laughs> okay, things to avoid, yeah. I guess. But uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's the worst. Like it's still, it's decent to listen to, but I wouldn't say it's the worst. I, I just, I, I don't know. Everything, every album that the Tusky Brothers have come out with, I've really enjoyed. Essentially. Okay. Okay. Just uh, not the solo stuff. So. <laughs> uh, Julia, thanks for for joining in. Um, cool. Anything else from 2021 you want to bring up? Otherwise, uh, we can, we can close off this recap. It's been a crazy year, to be honest. Yeah, it has been a crazy year, but you know what? For the most part, I would say just to end off the 2021 thing, there has been decent music coming out. Like I think people actually like musicians have utilized their time in quarantine and everything, just writing stuff. Or creating NFTs and making bunch of money. And deciding to sell their catalog. <laughs> yeah, that's what they've been spending their time on. This craziness. Yeah, um, yeah. From from this year, I'm going to remember this year as the year that NFTs really became like huge, like a huge thing this year. That's like, I think this is the first year that it's been like more mainstream for a lot of artists. I also remember it as being the year that uh, a bunch of people that should never have sold their catalog did sell their catalogs uh of music yes. um 
and I guess the other thing I would remember is like this is the year that Taylor Swift started re-recording her albums, and I think it'll be very interesting to see how uh, future artists are going to see this year and be like, oh, I'm gonna do that now. Uh, yeah, because I think that's, that's gonna set so a trend. True. I think that's gonna set a trend for a lot of these legacy artists who like want to own their own originals uh but obviously have sold those away or signed them away when they they signed their record deal interesting to see what these legacy artists actually do uh if they follow this or start this trend uh based on what oh absolutely yeah so that'll be that's what i'm gonna remember from 2021 also no shows i guess but like whatever (laughs) 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 whatever uh cool all right, let's see. Uh, we do have a mixtape battle for today. Uh, so let's do it. <laughs> this is the point of the show where uh, we take a random speech generator, produces three topics. One of us chooses one of those topics, and the other person has to create a three song uh, ultimate mixtape. Um, I actually forgot to number my my songs but basically the uh, topic that i got was animal abuse so i have to make a mixtape uh, <laughs> on the topic animal I forgot abuse. about that <laughs> <laughs> um so i'm going to um let's do this i'm gonna do this in chronological order because it honestly it doesn't really matter which which way i do this but uh for my opening track the song itself is going to be Hung Upside Down is the name of the song. It's off uh, this band's second studio album released in 1967. It is by Buffalo Springfield uh, and their Ooh. song Hung Upside Down because uh, that is okay. uh, one form you. of animal abuse uh, for Buffalo Springfield. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, next in line, uh, to, uh, to get the middle song off their debut studio album. Uh, this album has sold over 21 million copies in the U S alone. Uh, the song itself is called drowning and it's by a band called Hootie and the Blowfish. (laughs) Another form of animal abuse, drowning. Uh, and in this case, the animal is a blowfish. And finally, to really round off uh, my mixtape, um, off his a debut studio album, uh, the song itself is called Killer, uh, British singer-songwriter, Seal. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so you pretty much chose bands... With the self-titled animal. <laughs> Look how cute that seal is. <laughs> it's yeah. Another kiss by the rose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's the theme here. All these bands have uh, an animal in their name or are an animal. Um, and the songs have some sort of type of violence uh, associated with it. So it's Hung Upside Down by Buffalo Springfield. That's... Clever. Um, that is clever. <laughs> Drowning by Hootie and the Blowfish and Killer by <laughs> Seal. <laughs> that, that was a pretty good play on words there. Yeah. You did a good job. <laughs> I, I I give that 10 out of 10 there, Kim. <laughs> uh, Chasing Dragonfly says, I can't believe you pulled off this topic. I know. I can't believe it either. <laughs> oh. 
All right, let's let's close this off. Let's do this. I'm gonna click this button. It's gonna produce three topics. Eric, you're going to have to make a three-song mixtape based on this topic. Let's or one of the do it. Here we go. Uh, oh my god. Okay, first synagogue, first synagogue. in the U.S. Oh um, my god. <laughs> ethics uh, or medieval music. Oh, I think medieval music would be fun to do. These are terrible topics. They're all absolutely awful. <laughs> I don't even know how first synagogue in the U.S. would actually... How would you even do that? I have no idea. Uh, ethics is boring. So if you're down for it, let's do medieval music. Yes, I'm doing it. Let's do it. Medieval music. All right. Your topic for next week is medieval music. Uh, I'm going to be very <laughs> interested to see how your mixtape ends up. But yeah, medieval music is the topic. Um, Sweet. See. All right. Uh, controversial statements. I'm sure, there's, <laughs> I'm sure there's more. But ABBA is like a house league hockey team when we're talking about ABBA. And Casey Musgraves is trash. <laughs> No, I wouldn't say she's trash. <laughs> that's specifically what you that's what you said. Trash. No, that's not what I said, damn it. <laughs> oh, oh, you're too funny, bad. Kim. That's too bad. Um it's too bad. <laughs> all right. Anyways, um let's see if the new and improved Eric Brown will show up show up next week yes. also. Um, yes, I will be there tomorrow or uh, next week, not tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, nobody will be here. <laughs> you, can, you can stream all by yourself. Um, that's basically it. That's our 2021 uh, called recap. the Midlife Crisis Podcast. <laughs> uh, ultimately, it was sort of a train wreck. Tech issues, bad dad jokes. Uh, yes, we just rambled on about <laughs> NFTs for most part um but anyways thanks for tuning in i mean congrats to everyone that stuck around and and watched us ramble on uh here at twitch.tv slash the crossroads music podcast uh you can catch this uh podcast on all the places where you listen to podcasts spotify apple music amazon wherever it is um but yeah join the discord i'll throw it up in chat uh here but that's basically it that's uh that's the Crossroads Music Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, oh, we're we're streaming live every Monday at 10 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. PST. Uh, and next week will be our final episode of the year. And we are going to be our, doing our definitive top 10 bands of all time objectively. So Objectively, yes. We are going to be <laughs> listing out the best, greatest bands of all time. And... It cannot be disputed once we have made uh, our decision next week. So exactly. stay tuned because this is the list that will be forever used in history as uh, the benchmark. Yes, it will. <laughs> all right. See you, everybody. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and we'll catch you all next time.